The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment, 2% at grocery stores, and 1% on all of their purchases. All right, this week's sit down is going to be, what are we doing that tomorrow now? I'm confused. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dante. We'll do that one tomorrow. Dante Jones just taped it with him. Dante Jones, formerly of the Cavs, uh, asking about being down 3-1. You may have heard this for the Warriors in 2016, blew a 3-1 lead. Uh, what was going on on the road? What were the guys doing? And then ultimately Dante Jones, the Halloween party with the Steph Curry corpse. He tells me exactly why that story became a much bigger deal than it should have been. And that's not just the normal tease of like, why this huge thing wasn't really that big of a thing. Uh, LeBron's taking too much blame for it. So that'll be tomorrow's sit down. Adnan Burke today, the Rosillo Show, it's ESPN Radio. Field Yates, LeVar Arrington. And what we're going to do, and we have playoff eliminator later, we're going to do this with Field. I want to run through the top seeded AFC, NFC teams and then see how deep we go. Mm-hmm. And see how many you actually pick from the AFC to win. If you just went seed for seed, got All right? it. I like it. Okay, so Pittsburgh against Philly, taking the Eagles. Not a shock. Yeah, I agree with you. Thank okay. you. Okay, New England against um, Vikings. Yep, the Vikings. I'm taking New England. Okay, you agree with me? Yeah. Okay. Kansas City against the Saints. I love the Saints right now. They've won seven straight after the 0 and two start. They've never rushed the ball more in the Breeze era. Unbelievable. Defense right. is great. Yeah, I think most people would agree with this. Number four seeds, Rams against the Titans. I will take the Rams. Highest scoring offense right now. Goff is great on the road, as good as he is on, at home. Uh, there's no debate on that yeah. one. All right, Jags against the Panthers. Jags. Whoa, number, look number, out. Number one scoring defense in the AFC. Look at all this prep you did. Fournette's been a little bit quiet the last three games ever since the bum ankle. Bortles was not great last week, fourth quarter in OT, but their D is sick. Not great would be an understatement. He, was, he, was, he threw two <laughs> he was, picks and two minutes to go in the game. They still won. It was yeah. a disaster. It was 9 of 16 in the yeah. fourth quarter in overtime, zero touchdowns, two picks. That's yeah. a classic. The quarterback got the win, yeah. so we're going to tell a completely different story than what actually <laughs> happened on the field. Uh, number six seed, your Bills with a new QB against the Seahawks. The Seahawks, come on. All right, so, Eve, all right, so let's keep doing this. The seventh-seeded team in the AFC right now, is the Baltimore Ravens at right. four and five? If Brutal. you watch them at all, they're terrible. Brutal. A very misleading four and five. Normally, like because they a, were two and zero, oh, right? And they right. were back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if people remember that, but the Ravens were. It is back, folks. They have lost what three of four. Their only win was that weird game against the Dolphins. They killed them. Um, so your seven seeds are Atlanta, who. Atlanta's been disappointing. Yeah, but in the Super Bowl last year, correct? Okay, eight seed Lions against the Raiders. The Raiders got New England. Raiders went from the number seven offense last year to number sixteen, and the defense isn't nearly as good. So I'm going to go with the Lions at five and four. Stafford could be a little bit herky jerky, but I, I mean, again, Detroit. I feel confident against the Raiders. Okay, I'm going to stop at ten because we could keep doing this. Sure. Or eleven. The Dolphins are the nine seed in the AFC. The Packers are the nine seed in the NFC. Again, it's the Packers without Rodgers, but obviously they won last week. Hundley played better. Again, it feels like no contest. NFC wins again, and number ten. The New York Jets are number 10 at 4-6. and six. I guess number 10, the Cowboys. This is... like that's a. That's, that's did you a realize rough. it was this bad is my whole point of this exercise? The 10 is the Jets against the Cowboys. 11 is the Washington Redskins against the Houston Texans. 
I did not realize it was that bad. I feel like if we just keep going the whole way through, we would get the same result. But it's 10 of 11. You went 9 of 10 because you had the Jags. Right. It's always a fun conversation. We do it, obviously, in the NBA a ton, the East versus West. But I, I did not realize the disparity was this strong in the NFL either. Like, if you just asked me off the, off the cuff, I'm like, yeah, NFC's better. But I wouldn't have thought to that extent. Reseeding. I won't. Well, yeah, we don't have to do the reseeding <laughs> thing because that becomes really Best team in the AFC, best team in the NFC, and then just another 10 teams. I'm just, I don't know. I, I was surprised by that whole thing. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Pick from a range of coverage options with a name your price tool to find a price that works for you. So if we did that same exercise, but obviously not as long for mm-hmm. the whole deal. Okay. Pittsburgh could win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Pats, yep. Chiefs, I'm less confident now in this offense, right? They had that great well, start. I think it's the defense has been the issue. But. Right. But even even we sure. said before with the 5-0 start, you're like, do you really trust Alex Smith under pressure, blah, blah, blah. The Kareem and, Hunt correction was coming. Right. Okay. He was unbelievable, and now he's he's a rookie. He's not going to be unbelievable every week. So questionable on three teams out of the AFC. Eagles, yeah. yes. Vikings, I'm sorry, no. I, I still would not. Like If the Vikings Case won the Keenum. Super Bowl, I'd go, that's still kind of weird. Yes. Great defense, but without... With Case Keenum leading the way. It's, it's the Saints? Business. Saints, I wouldn't be shocked at by now. I mean, listen, I mentioned the running game, how great Kamara's been, obviously, and Ingram together. But Breeze is actually on pace to throw 4,200 yards, which would be his lowest since 2005. But he's completing 70% or more of his passes in four straight games. So he's unbelievably accurate. He throws a little less yards because their running game's so good. And their defense has given up 17 points or fewer in four straight. That's one that I think if somebody told me a few weeks ago the Saints win the Super Bowl, I'd be shocked. And now I'd say, actually, that makes a lot of sense. That team's really good. Okay, the Saints are actually fifth in defensive efficiency. Yeah. Uh, if if I said the Rams won the Super Bowl. That one, I just, again, I know, realize the offense is awesome. Goff, 10 touchdowns, no picks on the road. Gurley's been really good, obviously, giving him support. But that one would still shock me if the Rams did win the Super Bowl. That seems to me the Rams are that team that goes, yeah, maybe they win their division. Uh, they have an excellent season. Maybe they're 10-6, and six, but in the playoffs, I don't have a lot of faith in them just because of the lack of, of experience. All right. Okay, so that, if, as we were looking at those metrics and doing that stuff, um, ironically enough, the Rams are the number one defensive team in the league if you nice. look at just the metrics. So everything being qualified, everybody balancing for schedule and opponent and all that stuff, yeah. it's actually the Rams right now ahead of a New Orleans team that more people will probably tell you today would be a less surprising Super Bowl winner. Yeah. With Adnan today, it's a Rosillo Show. It's ESPN Radio. We've got a mystery here um, on the show. I, I hate to break this on everybody here at the very end of the segment, but oh. uh, we've got donuts. They were using those. We have prop donuts for uh, Golik and Wingo show. Is that correct, Surdy? Yeah, a few boxes outside. So they're doing a photo shoot in the new studio. Oh, okay. You may recognize it. It used to be studio I was in, but they've, uh, look, they got to bang that thing out. The show's going to have a certain look. That's great. It's awesome. Pump for those guys. But they got the donut deal going. So that means there's some donuts lying around. Oh, great. So if you want one. Did you have one today? I did not. I held off. Thanks. Though. Outsider grabbed one. And hey, Skinny has got a whole makeover. Why not? He's earned it. It's cheat day. Cheat day for him. And he, I saw what he did. He set down his donut and then put it on a napkin, and it was very clearly eaten or half-eaten. And I just saw somebody from the department walk by the donut and then tear a piece of your half-eaten donut oh. off of it and then eat it. And for clarification, we can't eat in the studio. So everyone's wondering why is it not something I just ate two tacos standing up in, a to- in front of a tour. And, you know, and I purposely ate exactly half of the donut just so anyone walking by would see, okay, that donut's been half-eaten. So not Right, nobody wants it. a half-eaten <laughs> donut. Clearly, either he's going to finish it or just don't you keep your paws off. Yep. And somebody not- just crushed it. They're like, I don't know. 
I've eaten donut. Great. Put hands on both ends, ripped it apart in the mouth, kept kept it moving. Oh, may have licked it and oh, left outside. Yeah, I that exactly. part I'm not sure about. Yeah, that that part we're not. Sorry, outsider. Maybe there's another one just like. That. Are you going to eat the rest of that one? Well, you won't tell me who the person was. No, it, depending on who it is, that could depend on it. I can't. No, I can't tell you who it is. Sorry. I feel like I'd be snitching. I don't want to be snitching, but I just I'm telling you, you have a, a choice to make here with this thing. All right, coming up next, Field Yates on his picks for New England, Oakland. I know you got an Eagles question in there. We'll have him go back and forth, AFC, NFC, and a fantasy sleeper with a big decision at quarterback. That's all coming up right here with Adnan. It's the ESPN Radio and Ryan Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. All right, you've heard me talk about the amazing shave you get from a Dollar Shave Club razor, especially when you use it with their shave butter. But they also make products for your hair, face, skin, shower, everything you need. Dollar Shave Club has you covered head to toe. And right now you can get your first month of their best razor along with travel size versions of shave butter, body cleanser, and yes, even butt wipes for just $5. After that, replacement cartridges ship for just a few bucks a month. It's the Dollar Shave Club starter set for just $5 exclusively at dollarshaveclub.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash Ryan. Field Yates, talking football next. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock. He constantly bricks threes. And he'll completely hack you and then put his hands up and say, no foul, no foul. With Geico, it's easy to switch and save on car insurance. No need to fake an ankle sprain because you're absolutely exhausted. So switch and save with Geico. It's almost better than sports. Adnan Burke, Field Yates now, talking to Ben Affel the Rosillo Show on ESPN Radio. Titans-Steelers tonight, both currently playoff teams. But how many teams do you honestly think are Super Bowl contenders in the AFC? I think three. New England, Pittsburgh, Kansas City come to mind for me as the three best teams in that conference. I just think, you know, Jacksonville, they get they, if, they, if they get stuck behind 10-0, 14-0 early, what confidence do you have in that offense to bounce back with Blake Bortles orchestrating it? New out, no Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, I understand that they're going to be really difficult to get up 14 points on because they're so good defensively. But you know, a special teams miscue here, an offensive uh, inter, you know interception by Blake Bortles return for a touchdown there. So I think that Pittsburgh, New England, Kansas City, Kansas City has probably trended downwards a little bit recently, but I still think that defense will get a little bit better and the offense. Like I'm, I know it's not maybe chock full of household names like some of the other offenses that we talk about as the best in the NFL are, but 
I still think their body of work pretty much shows that between Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, and the way Alex Smith is playing, that that team's going to be really difficult to stop for 60 straight minutes. Field, I'm curious for your expertise in the Titans because Mariota's numbers are pedestrian. DeMarco Murray's their leading rusher. He doesn't even have 450 yards a yeah. season. If they're riding a four-game winning streak, they're 6-3. and three. Is their defense that good? What's the secret? It's been better. The defense has certainly been better. Kevin Byer, their you know strong safety has been, or free safety, has been one of the better defensive backs in football this year in terms of production, right? Leads the NFL interceptions and obviously well-coached, sort of redundant when, you, when you're coached by Dick LeBeau to say that, but opportunistic offensively. They got a lot of weapons this year on offense that can challenge you in ways they weren't able to challenge you last year when they were just basically ground and pound. But Corey Davis, their first-round pick, looks electric when he's had the chance to actually play. And I say this for tonight's game. If they can win tonight, the narrative on Tennessee might change dramatically. There's sort of this story that's kind of like the they're sort of just percolating right now quiet, in the six AFC. Yeah, six and three. They've won four straight games. It's almost like yeah, nice story. Like Tennessee Titans, a team that's on the rise, team that's you know making you know positive trajectory. But they're still probably a year away. Well, if they win tonight, all of a sudden we're going to start talking about them in a much different demeanor, right? If they beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh, they'd improve to seven and three. Uh, that would also uh, they would put them right there with Pittsburgh at seven and three in the AFC, and they'd be a half game back of the Patriots for the best record in the conference, and maybe a legitimate first round by team. Uh, even though their division is no sure thing, I think there's a chance though for this team to really shift the narrative. It's going to be better for Marcus Mariota though. Kind of a slow start to him for him this year. Maybe that's because he's been banged up with that hamstring issue. Hey, we did this with Woody. Addy and I are doing this today. Top six playoff teams as it stands today against the top six in the. Uh, AFC against NFC. Okay, yep. you ready? I yep. want to see how many you pick from one of the conferences. Okay. Pittsburgh against Philadelphia today. Philly. Yeah. Oh, boy, Field. New England against Minnesota today. New England. Didn't even need to wait for your answer on that. KC against New Orleans. New Orleans. The Rams against the number four seed Titans. I'd go with the Rams. Okay, number five seed Panthers against the fifth seeded Jags. Yeah, uh, I'd still go with the Panthers there, but it's close. Well, Jags, yeah. great D though. Come yeah, on. they have a great defense, but still. And the next, the next one, yes. Adnan loves that D. Yeah. Uh, Seattle against Buffalo, Buffalo the six yeah. seeds. Seattle, not even close. Bills yes. are the six seed. That's incredible. Right. I know. So that's the same answer as Woody. Yeah. He went five for six yeah. out of the NFC. Do you guys disagree there dramatically? Do we need to do something? Do we need to reseed the playoffs? I'm just kidding. That's what we do. I was going to say. <laughs> the NBA, right? Yeah. You know, I don't know. But, you know, the one team I'd say, a couple teams stick out right there, by the way. Like, Seattle's a really interesting team to follow over the next few weeks. Literally the first time they've ever been without Richard Sherman for a game since he entered the NFL. This is the first game he will ever miss against Atlanta. Cam Chancellor's banged up. Earl Thomas is banged up. Cliff Averill's already on injured reserve. Like, this is the, like, this is defense is super banged up right now. I know Atlanta's offense has been pretty average throughout much of the season, if not below average from time to time. But what a test for Seattle uh, with all those guys, just like just the injuries alone. Like they're bringing back Byron Maxwell, a player that was, you know, the part of them free agency. He gets traded after, what, a year in Philadelphia to Miami, gets cut by Miami, has just a sniff of interest from the Falcons of all teams, the team that uh, they'll play on Monday night, returns to Seattle, and he could start for them. Heck, Jeremy Lane who's traded, literally traded by Seattle, and then traded back to Seattle. The trade never went through because he couldn't pass a physical in Houston. All of a sudden, he might be a legit every-down cornerback for this team. I'm not betting against Seattle, and I think I've said this on this show previous. Like I'm going to be the guy that's a year too late to write Seattle off than a year too soon. Mm-hmm. But it's a much different defense. we got to watch that on Monday night. Like, How do they respond to the challenge of an Atlanta offense that 
you know, no Devontae Freeman, but still has plenty of players that can challenge you in a lot of different ways. Talking with Field the Ace right now on the Rosillo Show. Fantasy Focus Football, of course, is the podcast. The number six team that Ryan mentioned, the Buffalo Bills, of course, benching Tyrod Taylor. So what's the impact now fantasy-wise? LaShawn McCoy, Calvin Benjamin, all the rest of those guys. Yeah, I mean, certainly a surprise move yesterday, right? Like, I think the people who watch the Bills closely have always wondered whether Tyrod Taylor was on borrowed time. At the same time, like, you're 5-4, and four, you're in the playoff mix. Do you really feel better about the Buffalo Bills offense going to Los Angeles against a very good Chargers defense than you did when you had, you know, with, with Nathan Peterman versus Tyrod Taylor? We'll find that on Sunday, obviously. Um, I think, if anything, like, do they become a little bit more pass-happy? Well, in theory, right, because Tyrod Taylor was good for design runs every single game, and I can't say that I you know, am intimately familiar with Nathan Peterman's uh, rushing ability at the pro level. None of us are, right? Mm-hmm. But in college, certainly not the, the type yeah. of runner that Tyrod Taylor is. Few quarterbacks are. You know, I would just say this. If you do roster LaShawn McCoy in fantasy football, you're still starting him every single week. There's a bit of concern, though, just because just think about spacing. Like the way that a defense has to space itself when you've got a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor that's going to have read option runs, that's going to be able to stress you by breaking the pocket and you know darting for long scrambles, it's a different dimension when you have a quarterback that's a little bit less mobile in the backfield. Like defenses can probably condense the field for LeSean McCoy. So I, I don't know that it hurts his value to the point where it changes anything. Like you're not benching him or anything, but right. still it doesn't help his value. Expectations Oakland and New England this weekend. I think New England goes to Mexico City. Uh, the Raiders are coming off of a bye, but I think the Patriots, like that Raiders defense, after the first two weeks of the season, I was like, oh man, I really missed the boat here. It's a pretty good group. I think the Patriots have their way with this Oakland defense on Sunday. I think they win that game. Um, and the Patriots defense has rounded into form a bit over the past five weeks. Uh, I understand that the uh, competition hasn't been blistering, but like, how many great offenses are there in football this year? There really aren't that many of them. I think the Patriots find a way to win that game, which technically a road game, even though played in Mexico City. And last one, Cowboys-Eagles, of course, Dallas without Ezekiel Elliott. It's been fascinating to look at the trajectory of Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Yeah. Who do you like? I think the Eagles get it done. Like, coming off of a bye, right? I mean, I think that game is is, is in Philadelphia this uh, week. Sunday Night Football feels like all the emotions will certainly be in, in Philadelphia. Dallas, as well. well, wherever the game is, Dallas or Philadelphia, yeah. uh, I still feel like this is a game that Philadelphia is equipped to win. Zach Ertz is getting healthy. The running backs. In Dallas. Know, it's, like, it's in Dallas. In Dallas. Hey, you've got a problem with lack of, like, Running back, you know, player, running back commodities in, in Dallas, right? Alfred Morris, Rod Smith couldn't get the job done last week. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia's like, all right, do we choose between a hammerhead running back and like Garrett Blunt or a guy in JHI who was awesome last year, fourth in the NFL in rushing? Just think Philadelphia's got the right ingredients. Last weekend, A.J. Claiborne absolutely decimated the protection of the Dallas Cowboys on the left side, right? Chaz Green was the guy that got the brunt of the sort of the, uh, you know, the finger Versus, pointing. Yeah. Because he took took over Tyron Smith, but it's never just a one man job. And the Eagles, what do they do really well? They, they rush the passer, man, and they've got layers and layers of depth. Like when Chris Long is an every down player for you with the ability he has to rush the passer, no friend of the show, Chris Long, like that dude can play, man, and he's one of like four, five, six rushers that can get after it. So watch out, Dallas, on Sunday night. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Two different ways we can go with LeVar Arrington. We can talk college ball, which we probably will. I'm headed out to Penn State. I'm actually interviewing him Saturday. Should I ask if he thought I was Tim Hasselbeck when we first met? Uh, feel it I out. Know. I mean, it, feel it out. Yeah, that could go bad because apparently he doesn't like Tim. Does Tim know? Yeah, Tim knows. Okay, if he knows, then it's not too yeah. bad. Yeah, all right, well, we'll figure it out. We'll see how this goes. Okay, at Inverk today, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Uh, 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 
Now that Human Resources VP Ashley Campbell has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's managing her workforce like a rock star. She even has her own hype song. I'm the spark before the fire. I'm the power in the train. I have a really diverse workforce with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm the dream. You should know that. Now we're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. College football playoff eliminator need to make some changes after this weekend with Adnan Verk today, the Rosillo Show. Get in touch with us. Uh, that's at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. And coming up next hour, maybe get back to Embiid's, I don't want to call it his birthday, but I feel like last night historic was his yeah, historic, historic stuff from Joel Embiid. But yeah. joining us now on the show, Penzo Performance Line, I'm actually heading out to Penn State, as I mentioned, for the Nissan Heisman House this weekend. I'm going out there tomorrow, and I will be interviewing this guy. We'll do it now as well. One of the great defensive players, Penn State history, it's LeVar Arrington. What's up, man? How are you? What's going on, guys? What's up? So I don't know if this is true or not, but legend has it that when you were in college, you would lift, but you would kind of like dominate the gym where you would take off your shirt and throw on whatever you want and just go, like people would peer in on you and you were taking it to another level where you would have the place by yourself playing your own music and your shirt was off. Is this true or not? That is not true. Damn. <laughs> Maybe maybe it is maybe uh, I don't I don't maybe it is maybe right. it is so it's still yes yes it is true okay all right uh, it's still a good story yeah, either I'm way changing my story yes <laughs> yes it's good what uh what do you say when you know people think about you at Penn State when younger kids are on this team that transition to the NFL what do you say when these guys talk to you about what it's like to be the best and then make it to the league well they've made it. So they they probably have a good understanding of it already, and I think it's more so about uh, the support and and just continued uh, education and and empowering of of them as as human beings. I think you know there's a direct correlation to uh, a successful career and being able to play at a very very high level with being a, a great person. So that's that's kind of what I I try to drive home to the guys. Is is be a great person, and and if your work ethic and and your your belief and and what you're able to do and your capabilities are are high, you know everything will will fall into place. You'll attract the right people. They'll tell you the right things because you're 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 a mirror image of of who you are. So I I believe that the person that you give off is the person that's reflected back to you. Great advice for athletes and non-athletes alike. Talking with LeVar Arrington right now on the Rosillo Show. I know you'll be at Penn State. LeVar is pro of the Heisman House. Um, talk to us a little bit about Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he tailed off a little bit. Looks like Baker Mayfield is the favorite right now for the Heisman, but Saquon had some had some monster games this year. What have you seen from the Penn State running back? Well, I'll say this. Uh, I think the quarterback at Oklahoma is a fine player. I think whoever wins the Heisman um, will have deserved it in their own way. But if we're talking about the best football player in the world, no matter where you go, you could go to Antarctica. You could go. I just heard that Nigeria is going to be in the, the, the Winter Olympics. How awesome is that, right? You yeah. could go to any of those places. And no matter where you go in the world, Saquon Barkley 
is the best football player. And that's just what it is. So an award is an award. You know, and again, I think that whoever gets it, there's no slight to them if it's Baker. Uh, he had a great, great season. He he bounced back in some some great moments. But for those who will say that that Saquon tailed off, I think you got to look at the stats, you know, and you got to look at the opponents. You're talking about Ohio State and Michigan State. You know, this is kind of like the old Big Ten. I think it's the most dominant conference in college football right now. So outside of it being very top-heavy with Alabama and SEC, it's always been the SEC, but I think it's back to the Big Ten. So when you're talking about his two tail-off games, that you want, if that's what we want to call it, that's against top 10 talent. That's against top 10 teams. And, and, and so to me, you know, because of the things that he's been able to do is the reason why this team is largely in the position that it's in. That's, that's the best player. You got to say that that's the best, the best player, you know, in the country. So some may, may have better stats than him. And, and, you know, some of the teams may have better records, but the Heisman isn't about team record. The Heisman is about acknowledgement of who, who they believe is the, the finest football player in the country, which I think is Saquon Barkley. Great quarterback there as well. Trace McSorley, one of the reasons why Penn State right now is number 10 in the country. Miami Hurricanes, a huge win last week in LeVar against uh, Notre Dame, which surprised me. I thought the Fighting Irish were going to take it. But now the U is back. What's it like for you to see a team that's uh, always been so notorious and so brash to be back in, in the public limelight for good reason? Miami's one of the top teams in the country again. Well, I, the whole brash deal and, and you know all the reputation that surrounded Miami and has surrounded Miami I think is probably very, very, in a lot of ways, unwarranted. But I, I think that the embracing of of that culture uh, that was created in the '80s by those those great Miami Hurricane teams, you know, I think you can see the pride um, within that team. And I always say, if you're going to have success, you gotta you gotta love your teammates with all your heart. You gotta love them, and you can see that love with that group of guys. And and it's it's very reflective of of those teams, you know, in the past. So. I love Miami's program. I, I actually wanted to go to Miami. You know, I wanted to play a linebacker. So it was it was either Penn State, Florida State, or Miami. Miami goes on probation, and that's the only reason why I didn't go to Miami, probably outside of being close to home going to Penn State. So I'm happy for them. You know, obviously, uh, I have a vested interest. Their strength coach is Gus Felder, one of my college teammates. So uh, they have a touch of Penn State on them when they go out there and they represent every time. So, you know, I have a great deal of pride for, for what it is that Gus has done with that weightlifting program and what the program is doing as as a whole. We're talking with LeVar Arrington. Before we let you go, uh, you know, the run at Penn State's incredible. I would imagine the NFL uh, didn't go at least as long as you would hope. But what did you enjoy more? Oh, man, I don't think it's close. You know, to, to be to be perfectly honest with you, I would put college first, and I would put high school second. <laughs> wow! You know, I think when you think about the league, it becomes more of a business, and a lot of what goes on is about the business. Now, granted, college is a business as well, but you don't feel it. You don't feel it as much when when you're in college. It still feels very, very pure. And the reason why I go with high school, I mean, if you've ever had an opportunity to play high school football, if you don't, I would encourage that you do. The struggle and the, the suffer 
of what takes place to prepare for a game and then to go out there and to know that every single human being that's there is cheering for somebody that's on that field. There's no, there's no other agendas, nothing. You just know that those people are there to see those two teams duel it out to see who's the better team that night. The purity of that is amazing to me. And a lot of that exists in, in college as well. Now, you know, they're building, you know, luxury boxes these days. And, you know, the, there's, there's that element of making deals at college football games. And I'm sure we're all clear on that. And that's fine. You know, the politics are always going to be a part of these things. But to me, I still think that the, 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 the amount of people that are interested in 22 people being on the field at one time is, is mind-boggling. You know, I played in front of 100,000 people. So it's it's crazy to think that that type of energy and that type of, you know, involvement and participation exists for, you know, something that I, I grew up loving and something I ended up being pretty good at. It's pretty humbling. So, you know, I go with I go with college, I go with high school, and I put, put pro at third in terms of experience. Now, obviously, get paid, you know, you got to put NFL – all by itself, you know. So. Yeah, we don't want to break any news here and say that the pay was similar, you know, at another level. As yeah, well as yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to put that in there. I, <laughs> and I, I, and for the record, I never received any uh, benefits that way while I was in school. So All right. my parents did a pretty good job on that. Hey, Lavar, real quick before we do let you go, though, do you do you think ever think back like how much quicker you may have been had you not been wearing shelving on your shoulders? You know, that's so old school, man. I hear it so much, but, you know, when you're going through it, you don't know it. Right. That's the you style. It. it was so, – uh, we're running video here. I was faster here. on the football field than I was running the 40, and at that point I was running a 4-4-40 electric. Damn. So I was faster on the field, so go go figure, you know. If I was running my 40 with my pads on, I probably ran like a 4-3. <laughs> hey, man, enjoy it, and uh, look forward to running into you this weekend with the Heisman House, all right? Sounds good, man. Exciting. Good, all right, there you go. Good, good to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Right. Thanks, Three-time Pro Bowler, LeVar Arrington, legend at Penn State. Here on the Rosillo Show, reminding you, you watch all three hours of show on ESPN News. College football playoff eliminator. I have Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Georgia, Miami. i got to make some changes. Adnan has Bama, Clemson, Wisconsin, and TCU, any picks first. So we'll do that next, this week's installment, right here on ESPN Radio. Today's horoscope brought to you by GEICO. Capricorns, today is a perfect day for romance and fun-filled activities with your partner. And by fun-filled activities, we mean shopping for car insurance. Luckily, you'll find that switching to GEICO could save you hundreds of dollars a year. You'll keep this day of romance going at the hardware store by arguing for half an hour over the color of your backsplash. Love is indeed in the air, Capricorns. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Embiid, born his born day, <laughs> November 15th, 2017. Horrifying for the rest of the NBA, what we saw from Embiid, and it was so much fun. We'll get to that top of the next hour because I don't think anything has really happened. We give you an update on the Jerry Jones fight. Pass. A little lame, yeah. Hard pass. Um, Good news is no more Ezekiel Elliott's updates. Remember last week it was that we were working together. You said, oh, the latest came through. Appeal denied. We're like, okay, I think it's done. And, yes, it appears it is done. Right. At this point, he wasn't going to extend this out anymore. So when people go, oh, Ezekiel Elliott should have just taken the suspension right away, even if you don't like Ezekiel Elliott, even if you think he's totally guilty of of hitting this woman, I can understand his 
argument of I don't think I'm guilty. I don't want to just admit to this guilt, and I'm going to exhaust every single option I have, and then I'm going to give up. So if anybody's going, oh, I should have just done this at the beginning of the year, mm. and the playoff implications, the playoff implications were always going to be greater later in the season than they were earlier. I, it, like, right. It's just such an unfair game to play. People try to say, well, now the games are so vital, they're 5-4, and four. but to your point, if he hadn't played and they were now 3-6, and six, then obviously it's null and void either way. Right, right. So I just... I understand his point. I think everybody should understand Ezekiel Elliott's point, despite how exhausting the story was. Mm-hmm. And if you if you hate him, if you hate the guy, you should understand his point and how he wanted to play this and now why he's done, because he didn't have any other options. Mm-hmm. Okay, with Adnan here on the Rosillo Show, time for Playoff Eliminator, the college football playoff trophy, presented by Dr. Pepper, the one fans crave. Who's in and who's out? It's the Ryan Rosillo Show College Football Playoff Eliminator. Four teams each at the start of the season, adding and dropping every single week, trying to put together the best four. I have Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Georgia, Miami. Adnan has Alabama, Clemson, TCU, and Wisconsin. And unfortunately for me, Adnan picks first today. And this is the penultimate edition of College Football Playoff Eliminator because next week, you and I are both out here for Thanksgiving, and then the 30th will be the final Thursday before the final regular season college. You're great with words and calendars. <laughs> so I'm just trying to build the drama up a little more here. This this is almost it. This is the last time I'll be picking first. So Alabama obviously had the number one playing Mercer. Clemson playing the Citadel. Uh, Wisconsin hosting Michigan, the only matchup of ranked teams. Crazy to think about, keeping the Badgers. I will remove TCU, obviously after their loss against Oklahoma. I'm going to put in Auburn. They're facing Louisiana Monroe. Not a big test this weekend with an eye towards the Iron Bowl next week. So TCU out. I'm putting Auburn in. Yeah, that's really the gem in this whole deal here. So I'm covered with the Iron Bowl now. You are. You are. You have a good you got some good setups here. So now I have Notre Dame in Georgia, and the obvious one for me is to dump Notre Dame first. Okay? Mm-hmm. Two losses, no conference championship game at the end. It's gonna impress everybody. It's going to be really hard to get them in, even though I think they should be ahead of Ohio State in the rankings, and they are in the playoff committee rankings, but not the AP or the coaches poll. Um, I'm going to hang on to Georgia. I mean, I might as well. Yeah. I'm not just going to get rid of everybody that lost. So they're right behind Auburn. Uh, I got Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. Good pickup of Miami. Yeah, Miami's looking great for you now. got Wisconsin. You just got Auburn. All right, so keeping Georgia, I could do a couple things. I can go Ohio State, but I still have a problem. Like, how is Ohio State getting in ahead of Oklahoma, the ACC winner in the SEC? All right, that's what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go ahead and take Ohio State instead of Notre Dame. Just hope they it. thump Wisconsin in the Big Ten Something championship else, game. Something else loses. I mean, right. would, would Oklahoma lose in in a fashion that would keep them out? But that's the problem is if they're a two-loss Big 12 champ, I wonder if they're an Oklahoma. How weird could it be if Oklahoma was a two-loss Big 12 champ loser and Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship? But they have the head-to-head. What would the committee do then? Yeah. That would be a head-scratcher. The Rosillo Show reminding you you can watch all three hours of the show on ESPN News. When you guys do the show tonight, yeah, Palmer, everybody, all that stuff, mm-hmm. are guys a little upset that Clemson's number two? Yeah, I think you know the biggest takeaway, you know, you and I talked after the first time the committee released their rankings, pretty good. I think even the second week there wasn't much upheaval. This time I feel like there's been more conversation about Clemson being two. And I, in fact, go back to Chip Kelly, because I saw him in Velma after Miami had won, and Chip said to me, you can make a really strong case, Miami's number one. And I said, 
hang on a second. Like, listen, this is a great win. They stomped over Notre Dame. Full credit. And he goes, no. He goes, just because of, he goes, their strength of schedules just as good as Alabama. And he goes, I know some of those games, fine. It was close. That was a knock against Miami. Don't blow anybody out. But they took care of business. He goes, Miami could be number one. So in my head, Ryan, I was thinking, well, Bama's number one. But, heck, if Chip's a guy who's thinking Miami could be number one, they've got to be number two. And instead, Clemson goes to, which, of course, had the one loss, but Kelly Bryant was hurt. I think that's the big thing here. The committee's saying, listen, their starting quarterback went into that game at Syracuse with a gimpy ankle, was gone by the half. You have to take that in consideration. I understand getting that as, as part of the conversation, okay? Yeah. But what the committee's telling us there is that an excused loss with some extra wins against a ranked team the math there allows that that loss to be canceled out in the face of an undefeated team. And yes, Kelly Bryant was hurt, and they had to bring in Cooper, but Cooper's in terrible, and their defense couldn't get off the field against Syracuse when they needed a stop to get the ball back. This defense—that's true. So, I was surprised. I would have had—I wouldn't have had a problem. Oklahoma and Miami were ahead of both ahead of of Clemson. Yeah, if I would have guessed, I would have thought Oklahoma was two, Miami three. That's what I put down. Four. Yeah, because the Sooners have come on strong. Like, like they they look great. I'm like, yeah, Oklahoma. I take ahead of Clemson right now, personally. Okay, why are millennials terrible for life but great for the NBA? That's next for Silla Show.